It is my honor to introduce our preacher for you today, uh, preaching across all our campuses for the very first time. My friend, one of the original seven who joined with Jillian and I to move to Wellington to pioneer Arise Church, Nathan Chambers. Nathan, wait a second, Nathan, Nathan, oh, you can clap in a second, Nathan and, and his beautiful wife Anna uh, moved with Jillian and I from the same church in Auckland to Pioneer Arise. We lived together in the same house for the first year. Nathan led praise and worship for I think for the first four years of our church. That has always been, praise and worship and Arise have always been synonymous with everything that we've did we've done. He then moved back to Auckland, uh, ended up the creative director of Stanley Road, one of the largest and most influential advertising agencies in New Zealand, looking after the All Blacks and New Zealand Police and so many other key brands in New Zealand. Uh, an absolute amazing voice in the secular world, but in the church, you need to understand this guy was raised in probably the greatest move of God New Zealand's ever seen. His father was one of the key writers for scripture and song. All my over 40s people know what I'm talking about. He's like baptized into revival and uh, has been brought by God back to Wellington, supernaturally seconded on our 16th anniversary service. And here he is now again with us back in Wellington where I believe God wants him to be for this moment. And I tell you what, the message he preached to our Wellington locations a couple of weeks ago was probably the most outstanding message we've had in years. The five o'clock service, without doubt, has been our most powerful five o'clock service we've had in years. And I'm telling you what, you're about to hear a word from God from a man of God. So every Arise campus, why don't you jump to your feet and let's give a huge Arise Church welcome to Nate Dog Chambers. But this is the thing, I feel a, a word burning in my spirit. And it's a word in season that is, I believe, going to transform your life. You would have to be mute, deaf, and uh, you know, maybe speechless uh, and not be able to move if, if you don't react to this message. Because I believe, and I've been praying into every single one of you, I could see you in my prayers, believing that God would have a word for you in this season that, you, that would take you out of whatever craziness that you've been in and transform your life for all eternity. Amen at that. Yeah. <laughs> he's been transforming me. I know He's going to do it to you. If you're taking notes today, and I encourage you to do that, this message is entitled, Shout. Shout. Let it all out. You might recognize those words. Hey, grab your Bibles right now. We're going we're gonna to turn to Psalm chapter 40. This uh, might be a glasses message, in fact. I, I brought them up just in case, but we'll chuck them on. There we go. Woo, clarity, vision. <laughs> Psalm chapter 40, and I'm reading from the NIV. I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me, turned to you, and heard your cry. Heard your shout. Heard your voice. It goes on and it says, He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and the mire. He then put my feet on a solid rock and gave me a firm place to stand. How awesome is that? Come on, it's getting better and better when we get in the presence of God, isn't it? He put a new song in my mouth, a, a song of praise or a hymn of praise to God. And this is the best bit. Many will see through you. 
And many will fear the Lord. That's reverence for Him. And many will put their trust in Him. Holy Spirit, we give you the right of way in this service right now. We surrender to your word, Lord Jesus. And Lord, your word does not return void. We declare it in this atmosphere. We know that there is transformation power happening right now in the name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. You know, I love this passage of Scripture. It's so powerful. There's so much meaning that we can get out of this for our lives. We can apply it in so many different ways. And I've got four ways in my message today that I want you to take note of. Even one of these is going to change your life. I believe it with all my heart. Thanks, worship team, by the way. Thank you. Can we give them a hand? Aren't they awesome? Every week, they bless us and, and uh, take us into the presence of God. So awesome. You know, in this, in this scripture, it talks about the mud and the mire, all the craziness of life, all the things that might wear us down. It sounds familiar, doesn't it? It sounds kind of like 2020 could have been. But God, why don't you elbow the person next to you and say, but God, but God, but God. Isn't our God amazing? He, he interrupts our lives. He, he, gets, he, he gets us with the suddenlies, doesn't he? He's a suddenly kind of a God to us, to Him. He knows about it. He's got it all in His hand. He's got it under control. We just need to wait. He turns a situation around by His power, by His voice. He's, he's planned those suddenly moments, hasn't He? You know, for us, it's a suddenly moment. But, you know, I'm a dad. I love to get gifts for my kids on occasion. Not all the time because it's expensive, but, you know. <laughs> but I know about those surprises. You as parents, you as friends or family or, or, or loved ones, you, you know when you get someone a gift, it's a surprise. And when they receive that, it's a surprise for them, isn't it? But you knew all along. That's like the Father. Jesus has turned and heard your voice today. I believe that Jesus is, is waiting for our cry, waiting for us to lift our voice, not waiting for everyone else around us, waiting for you, waiting for your voice to be heard, not just in your mind, but out of your mouth. There's something powerful about speaking out of your mouth. And this is what I believe, if you're taking notes today, our voice will move the hand of God. He, he's not just completely deaf. He's hearing you. He's turning to you, it says in Psalm 40, and he's lifting you out. He wants to bring transformation in your life. If you're taking notes today, point number one of shout is this. Your voice gets God's attention. In Psalm 40, it says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned around. He's like this, cruising along, and he hears his children. Hey, Oh, that was one of my kids. He turned and heard your cry. Heard your voice. I love how this scripture begins in the waiting. It's hard, isn't it? Waiting, 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 you know. I was in the uh, petrol station the other day and just waiting in, in the queue. And uh, there was a kid standing there and just started bursting into tears because he wanted something on the shelf. And his mom said, no, no, we're gonna have to wait for next time. And he just, he didn't know how to control his being. He just lost it. He had to be picked up and taken out of there. 
waiting. In the waiting, He has turned to you. He has heard you. Everything changes when Jesus responds. Isn't that true? It's like a waterfall of more. In, in Psalm 40, it starts with the waiting. And then he turns and he's heard your cry. And then all this other stuff happens. Because God's not just the God of, of the half full glass, is he? He's a God, not even of the full glass. He's a God of, a, of overflow, increase, overflowing supply. He is the King of kings. He has it all under control. But there's a massive emphasis on waiting, isn't there? Waiting. Not just, not just a sitting around kind of a waiting. Not twiddling your thumbs or playing tiddlywinks like Tana Umanga. It's, it's a waiting with purpose. Waiting with an expectation of something that's about to change. Waiting even with a voice of faith. Even though there might be all sorts of rubbish going on around us, waiting with faith. Even though everything else around us is impatient, waiting. I've got a bunch of questions throughout my message, and the first one is this. Have you ever been impatient for something? I mean, really impatient, not even just partially, but really impatient. I mean, I, I grew up, as, as Pastor Chris was saying, in Auckland and and uh, synonymous with Auckland is the traffic, right? If you go there on holiday, it's the traffic. You sit there for a couple of hours and it's just soul destroying unless you have a purpose in your car in the waiting. But you'd find shortcuts and ways around because you're impatient, you know. You knew the secret roads and the ways to get there quicker because you're impatient. You'd have conversations with people in the car, five cars along. They can't hear you, but you're like, come on, move along. I can see what you're doing. Come on, you idiot. You know, like, you know, you know, you do it too. I know, I know. But they're not moving, are they? they don't, you don't have any power. We're impatient. <clears throat> we live in an impatient world, don't we? Maybe we've become impatient even for the voice of God. Maybe it's as simple as this, carving out just a little bit of time to wait patiently. I remember my first advertising job in Wellington, walking through the doors, and I was nervous as anything, starting in this place. And when we moved to Wellington, I was 23, I think, 24, and living with John and Gillian was awesome. That was a night school and a day school all in one, and we graduated. It was awesome. And uh, I walked in the door of this job and um, I heard the voice of God in my spirit just, just quickly, just a flash thought. Sometimes God speaks like that. And I recognized that it was him and, and he said to me, you need to wait in this job for at least a year. Give this job a year. And I knew what that meant. It, it meant that I needed to commit, that I couldn't waver even if it was crazy and that job was crazy. It was hard there was a lot of emotion. There were two or three o'clock in the mornings all the time, and we were trying to run a church. We found ourselves, I was literally running to meetings every day after work. It was full on, but I had committed to a year. And I remember coming in one day and sitting down at the boardroom table for our morning meeting, 
and the CEO came in and she said, I've sold the business, all chirpy because she's made millions. And uh, as you do, you know, I've just made millions, thanks. Thanks for all your hard work. Um, and uh, she said, uh, but the new CEO is going to walk in shortly, and he did. And he said th these words, you're going to merge with us, we're going to be twice the size, have twice as many clients, and all of you are underpaid. Those are the words you want to hear. And, and that year, I think I was promoted maybe three or four times. But imagine if I was impatient, if I left under the pressure. In Philippians 4 verse 6, it says, don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. This is for this year. We've still got this year to go, you know. But be saturated in prayer throughout each day, offering your faith-filled requests before God with overflowing gratitude. Oh, that supersedes impatience right there. Tell Him every detail of your life. God wants to know you. He wants to hear your voice. Not just read your mind, but hear it out of your spirit. God wants to hear your voice. He wants you to shout. He's not offended. He wants to hear you. And this is a prophecy for us today. And I've been praying into this, and I really felt the Holy Spirit put His finger on this. We are a generation that will be known for waiting patiently for the Lord. Why? Because everything of significance begins in the waiting. Oh, you know it's true. Everything of significance begins in the waiting. <laughs> it doesn't just happen in an instant. Oh God, answer my prayer now. No. Thomas Edison is quoted as saying this. He, he invented the light bulb for, for those who don't know and many other things, but listen to this. The electric light has caused me the greatest amount of study and has required the most elaborate of experiments. I was never myself discouraged or inclined to be hopeless of success. I cannot say the same, however, for my colleagues. And he went on to say, and you've probably heard this part, genius is 1% inspiration and 99% perspiration. You know, Thomas Edison's persistent study and relentless drive for invention meant that by the time he died in 1931, he had patented over a thousand inventions. A thousand. You imagine though, just think about it, if he's, a, if he's patented a thousand that work, imagine the tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of failures and patience that he had to have deep inside of him. He had this drive for more. You know what he was able to achieve? These are just a couple, like uh, just a few, just a, like five or six. Just listen to this. He invented the telephone receiver, the universal stock ticker, the phonograph, the kinetoscope, which preceded film projection, the storage battery, the electric pen, the mimeograph, and the microphone. That's just a couple of things, but what an incredible man. Everything begins in the waiting. Everything of significance. And in that place, God wants to hear your voice. This is for you today. I have another question for you today, and it is this. What voices are getting your attention? What voices are bringing transformation in your life? And I've got a few suggestions, but the Holy Spirit might put His finger on a few, and we're all in the same boat. 
Maybe it's social media. Maybe it's relentless friends like all around. I've got to be with my friends all the time. I've got to use up my time. Maybe it's news media or just media in general. We want to consume stuff and download stuff and be uh, content consumers endlessly. Or it's binge watching whatever on autoplay. Or it's all of the above in no particular order. Or a whole bunch of other things. They're all voices, aren't they? They're all voices. And the enemy, he wants you to be silent. He wants you to be so overwhelmed with what's going on in your life that you become paralyzed and just consume whatever's around you. But I believe that God would say that even though it's been the most wild, crazy, out of control, maybe stuck in the mud, mire and clay kind of a year, that God is wanting us to keep using our voice to shout out to Him, to cry out to Him for more, for breakthrough, for release. God has heard your cries. Maybe you're not sure where to go or what to do. Keep using your voice. Maybe everything's out of control or in control. Keep using your voice. We need to speak with faith through the power of the Holy Spirit so that everything around you will shift and change. And we need to expect that God is listening. He's heard your cry. The Bible declares in in Mark 9.23 this, anything is possible if a person believes. So simple, anything. That fear that's been trying to grip your life or, that, or your world or everything around you, it will have no voice over your life anymore in the name of Jesus. In Luke 10, 19, in fact, it says this, I have given you authority over not just a little bit, not just um, a, a significant amount, but all of the enemy's power. He's given us authority so we can speak out and change our environment. In Hebrews 11.1, 1, it says, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Even in our waiting, we need to speak with faith, with conviction. Through all the mess, all the hostility, all, all of the voices that would try and shift the way that we think, we need to speak through that. We need to shout. We need to let it out. Your voice will get God's attention. He turned to me and heard my cry. In Hebrews 4.16, it says, So let us come boldly before the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive His mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. He turned and heard my cry. Even in the middle of whatever you're going through, your boldness gets God's attention. Your faith gets God's attention. Your voice gets God's attention. Your shout gets God's attention. And everything in your life will be transformed by the power of God, just by using your voice. Number two is your voice will change your position, change your stance. In Psalm 40, it says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and the mire and the rubbish, all the things that maybe are going on in my mind. He's lifted you out of that because he's heard your cry. He's turned to you. And then this beautiful part, 
He's lifted you out and He's set your feet on a solid rock. He's given you a firm place to stand. That's that place of confidence and surety. Miracles happen when your feet are set secure. You know, your voice changes your position. You know, in the waiting, He has turned around to you. He has heard you. He is lifting you out and He's putting your feet on firm ground. So many characters in the Bible, they were shifted by their cry, by their shout. Things changed in their lives. The the blind, the deaf, the mute, the lame, the crippled, people who had infirmities, sicknesses were transformed when they cried out to God. The woman with the issue of blood was crying out in her mind and speaking to herself, if I could just touch Jesus, if I could just touch the hem of his robe, I'll be healed. Jesus called out to Zacchaeus, hey, I'm having lunch with you today. And his whole world was transformed. The disciples cried out to Jesus. Whole cities cried out to him. Even the rocks. We need to shout. There's a question in this section as well, and it's this. What voices are trying to change your position in your life? You know, the slimy pit, it sounds gross. It's kind of, you can imagine this icky kind of mud. It's probably, it could be talking about a physical thing, but it's most probably talking about what's in your mind and what's in your spirit and what's surrounding you. It's talking about recurring situations in our world. It's kind of like, Bad relationships or bad habits or mental health or depression. Even just the word lockdown. It's a slimy pit right there, you know. Lockdown. Yeah. If you find yourself in these slimy pits of despair, it's like Groundhog Day, isn't it? Sometimes. You could be treading in this mud and not able to go anywhere. But we need to raise our voice. We need to cry out to Jesus to change that environment. Your voice changes your position. I remember as a kid going out to the beach and we'd be playing in the sand and we'd want to go and get some uh, shellfish and we'd use them for bait to go fishing and, and uh, you'd start digging away in the, in the sand and, and then your, your boots would get stuck and you're quite deep and you, like, you can't get your leg out and you're like, ah. Oh, so you lean on one leg to try and get the other leg out and then the other leg goes even deeper and then you get this leg out and then oh, the boot. It's stuck in the sand and it fills up with water and the sand goes in there and you're like, ah. So you have to cry out. Hey, I need your help. Isn't that a reflection of what God's doing? We need to cry out. Maybe you're stuck. Maybe you're just looking at your stuckness, caught up at what's going on at your feet. Do you really think in those places when we're looking inside of ourselves, wallowing in our own selfishness and our being that we can see further, that we can see the perspective of God, that we could see something different. Sometimes waiting in the right place patiently and letting out a cry can bring significant change. We need to shout. I believe through our prayers and our petitions, through our cries for help and faith through the hopelessness God is lifting you up and out. He has turned to you. He has heard you. He's lifting you out. He's putting your feet on solid ground. You know, Jesus, He died on the cross so that you would have that firm footing in life. 
set free so that you would know who you are, a child of the Most High God. He's given you that privilege of being royalty because of His power, set free. And now, because our feet have been reestablished, we can lift up our eyes. Isn't that the power of Jesus? Restored by Him. You know, when your feet are on solid ground, when you're reestablished by Jesus, when your identity is found in Him, you will lift up your eyes. You no longer have to look at your feet. You no longer have to wallow in your stuckness. You know, the Leaning Tower of Pisa is, is known for its bad foundations. It's actually famous for bad workmanship. It's on a lean because everyone's fascinated with the lean. But actually, the foundations are bad. The ground is weak. It's in the mud. It's not the reason it was made. Maybe God has made you for a different reason than being stuck. Maybe we've been in this lockdown year and our, our media has been professing all of what is happening in the world. And I'm not saying that it's a good thing. But is that who we are? Is that who we are? There's a world out there that is desperate for a savior. And it is not a cure for COVID. He can cure it, yes. But Jesus is our miracle working savior. He can cut through all of that rubbish and transform lives. He's done it before. He's done it hundreds and hundreds and thousands and thousands of times. And he will do it again every day of the week. By faith. In Matthew 18, verse 1 to 5, if you have your Bibles, listen to this. This is fantastic. This translation is um, the Passion Translation, by the way, just so that, you know, the words are a little bit embellished, but it's beautiful. Listen to this. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus, and they asked this question, who is considered to be the greatest in heaven's kingdom realm? I mean, that is so cheeky. Who asks that? But Jesus, he could see through it. He, he could see with his eyes through that. And he says this, he, he calls a child over to him. You know, he's got him in his arms and he's like, he addresses the disciples and he says, learn this well. Unless you dramatically change your way of thinking and become teachable and learn about heaven's kingdom realm with the wide-eyed wonder of a child, there's the sight right there. You will never be able to enter in. Oh, I mean, that's powerful right there, right? It cuts straight into the heart. It's hard to see when you're looking at your feet, isn't it? It's hard to see ahead. It's hard to have that wonder when you're looking at your feet. We need to shout. And the thing is, God has heard you. He set your feet on a rock. He's, he's given you your balance back. He's freed your feet. And now lift up your eyes. In Isaiah 40, verse 26, it says, Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Your voice will change your position. Point number three is your voice is transformed then by God. Your voice is transformed by God. Right now, your voice is transformed by God. We're changing the way we're speaking. We're changing our, our faith stance because God has set us up. In Psalm 40, it says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. This is chipmunk, by the way. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. And then he says this, 
He put a new song in my mouth, a song or a hymn of praise to God. Wow. You know that that is a, uh, a song of praise is an indication of your testimony. Praise is not what we do on the stage here, although the band is brilliant. The worship team lead us into the presence of God. But praise is an outward manifestation of what God has placed in you so that others would hear your testimony of faith and be transformed by the power of your testimony. Change the way you speak, the things you talk about. If I asked you a question today, in this section, it would be what modern day idols or things could be changing your voice? Maybe it's changing the way you speak from the inside out. Things that you talk about all the time, the things that your friends know that you talk about all the time, the things that your friends know you for. Not just Sunday person. It's the things that you repeat on lock, right? You know, the enemy, he desperately wants us distracted so that we would just be concentrating on, on our feet. Even the world, you know, they, they desperately want happiness, right? The pursuit of happiness. It's a film. Often talks about money. There's a song, Because I'm Happy, Pharrell. You know the crazy thing about that? song is just one version of it on YouTube has been downloaded and viewed over 1.3 billion times. The world wants happiness, and there is one supply. Have you ever noticed that when people are happy, they, they sing, hum a little tune or do a little dance, and maybe you do a little jig or whatever. I'm not going to dance for you today, but um, you definitely don't want to see that. Um, or you see a victory dance on the field, you know, the All Blacks winning, and then, and then there's a whole bunch of people prancing about like, you know, victory dance. But nothing can replicate the fullness of joy that Jesus can bring with just one encounter with Him. That is worthy of praise. That is worthy of a voice lifted up to heaven, full of transformation power, so that others would see and hear your testimony. In John 8, 36, it says, so if the Son sets you free, you are truly free. Come on. He has turned to you. He has heard you. He is lifting you out. He's put a new song in your mouth, a song of praise, full of joy. It's an indication of joy, isn't it? In Nehemiah 8, 10, it says, the joy of the Lord is your strength. So powerful. Your song is put in your mouth by God. Your sound is transformed by God. Your praise is transformed by God. Your testimony is transformed by God. Your voice is transformed by God. And while all of this is going on, a miracle is taking place. We've gone through this scripture and now we're at the very end. Bear with me. This is point number four. Your voice changes others around you. That's that testimony I was talking about. And listen to this. I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. Jesus. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and the mire and the muck of life. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. 
He put a new song in my mouth, a better testimony full of praise so that, listen to this, many would see. Many would fear the Lord or have reverence for Him and many would put their trust in Him because of your testimony. Oh, the Bible declares taste and see that the Lord is good. How do you taste and how do you see? It's through experience. Others rubbing shoulders with you. You know when you put salt in a meal for the first time and you taste it after it's been bland, you're all of a sudden like, whoa, that's you in your workplace. That's you at your university. That's you in your school. Whoa, whoa. Because we don't want to be just salt shakers, as Pastor Bill Johnson says. Salt shakers, happy as on a Sunday. Look at us. <laughs> salt, you know. <laughs> Hanging out in the cupboard. <laughs> yeah, you and me. And there's a bit of pepper, you know, some other spices. They never get used, though. We want to be salt and light. We want to be a city on a hill. We want to be a testimony of faith to transform lives around us. We want to have Jesus overflowing so much that everything around us begins to transform through the power of our testimony, the word of faith that's pouring out of us. Oh, I think I'm preaching better than you're responding today. This is not a sit down kind of a message. This is an active message where your voice is lifted up to God in praise, in worship. God wants to hear your shout. Praise and faith are modeled to others. I know I'm a little bit over time, but just bear with me. We're nearly there. We're nearly there. Come on. Why don't you elbow the person next to you and say, praise and faith are modeled to others. Psalm 100 verse four says, I will enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. The beauty of that moment is the courts and the gates, that's the public place. That's where everybody sees your praise. You carry a sense of celebration with you and it overflows to be like, hey, God has transformed my life. Have you seen it? God's doing a new thing. He could do it for you. I've received a miracle. I have received a baptism. Oh, it's an all-out celebration that we carry with us. Praise in the storm. Praise in lockdown. Or you could say shout even. Shout when I don't feel like it. Shout as a commitment. Shout as a headbutt or a Liverpool kiss to the enemy. Isn't that true? A shout so my friends are set free, transformed. A shout that breaks chains. A shout of faith. A shout that brings the healing power of God. A shout that declares the name above all names. A shout that is kind of ugly shout. Ah, God! You do it differently, but you got your own rights in your house, you know. Your neighbors are like, what the? It might even be ugly praise, you know, where praise is bubbling up and pouring out of you. You don't know how to move, but you're just gonna move anyway because God's doing something radical in your life. You know, David, he did that in the streets and his wife tried to go, oh, I'm embarrassed, oh my gosh. But what was happening inside of him was of eternal value and everybody in the kingdom saw his testimony. In Colossians 1 verse 11, he said, and we pray that you would be energized 
with all his explosive power from the realm of his magnificent glory. And get this, filling you with great hope. You know, his throne is very much established on our praises. It says this in Psalm 22, verse 3. And if, if the band could join me, that would be brilliant. Yet I know that you are most holy. It's indisputable. You are God enthroned, surrounded with songs, living among the shouts of praise of your princely people. Do you notice the wording in there that God would call you princely people? He's not calling you stuck in the mud, faithless, sinful, whatever the words of the enemy would love to pour over you. Which he's trying to do. But Jesus, but God, remember that moment? But God has a different thing to say to you. He wants to change your voice. He wants to change your position. He wants to change your stance, lift your eyes so that you would then declare the glory of the risen Lord. Full of a song of praise. Full of the joy of the Lord because He's lifted you out. Now through you, many will see. Many will fear the Lord and many will put their trust in Him. The power of our faith, by the way, is not in our strength or our understanding, but it is in the power, the resurrection power of the cross of Jesus and His anointed gift to us, the Holy Spirit. There is no other power that is greater than that. I just wanna make something clear to you. There is no yin and yang or anything like that with God and the devil. The devil is way, way down here, below our feet, in fact. It says that you will crush his head and he will bruise your heel. There is no equal to God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They are worthy of all praise forever and ever and ever. They are the Most High. They are glorious. They are wonderful. His name is Jesus. He is the risen King. He is the Lord of Lords. He died so that you would be set free, so that you would have a voice, so that you would proclaim that Jesus is the King over your life, so that Jesus is the King over your family, so that Jesus is the King over your city. Oh, what a Jesus, what a God, what an amazing life we get to live. Today, for you, Jesus wants to lift you out. He wants to transform your situation. 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 Out of the hopelessness, the hurt, the anger, the frustration, the bitterness, whatever it is, whatever name goes there, Jesus' name is above it all. Jesus has heard you in this place. He's changing your footing to be on a rock. He's lifted up your eyes. He's put in you a, mouth, a, a song of praise in your mouth so your testimony would change so that many will see. If you don't know how to pray, there's a simple prayer that's in Joel, Acts, and Romans. It says this, call upon the name of the Lord and be saved. Just simply call on His name. Shout out the name of Jesus. He's heard your cry, and now is the time to call, to cry out, to shout. <laughs>